Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. Joel Cookson along with you here once again. Thrilled to have you with us for what should be a good episode of the cast, as we've got two great guests talking about a couple fall sports. We're going to talk to Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current about a little boys and girls soccer. Then we're going to reach out to Dan Nowak of the New Haven Register. He's going to talk some field hockey and some girls swimming. So a couple of uh, good interviews with some good reporters who are out there getting the lowdown on some fall sports as we start to chug along in the fall sports season. Very happy that you've decided to join us this week. Should be a good episode. And uh, let's quickly dive into things you might have missed. But before that, as always, we remind you, our good friends from the Connecticut Department of Transportation, look, this isn't complicated, folks. If you're listening to us on your mobile device, or if even if you're not, uh, you listen to us a little earlier and you're just getting into your car, put your phone away. Put it, uh, Press play on the CIAC cast and then just stow that phone. No need to be checking your text messages, your emails while you are driving as uh, the, the good folks at the, uh, the CTA Department of Transportation, they, they tell us that... Uh, Receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds. Driving at uh, 55 miles per hour, that is the equivalent of the length the, of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. So simply don't do that. Please do not text and drive or drive distracted. Encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. It just doesn't make sense to uh, have that phone out. Put it away. Press play on the CIC cast and then stow that uh, that phone as you are traveling to your destination. So we hope everybody follows that advice and uh, stays safe out on the road. So we've got some good things for you coming up here on the CIC quest. Let's quickly take a look at things you might have missed on CICsports.com. We've had some great editions of Linked Up in the past few weeks since last we uh, last we did our CIC cast. Two really good editions. One on September 12th and then another this past Friday. We hope you uh, will check both of those out. They were outstanding, full of great links and great stories from around the world of high school sports. A number of our winter sports have been holding their sport committee meetings in the uh, past few weeks. And you'll notice on CICsports.com, we'll start popping up with reports from those sport committees. You may want to check those out. Just see what changes might be in store for some of those winter sports once their winter sport uh, tournament packets are posted. A few, sometimes just some logistic changes and a few substantial changes to things as we progress. So keep an eye out. Right now we've got the Boys Swimming Committee report on CICsports.com, but we'll see others popping up in the next few weeks as we get those uh, printed up and put on CICsports.com. Dot com. Something we're really excited about on the new on the website, and that's something we'll be coming working towards in the coming year: the creation of the CACIAC Hall of Honor. Essentially, this is for those of you unfamiliar, CACIAC, which is the the parent organization, of, of, if you will, of the CIAC, the Connecticut Association of Schools, uh, is made up of member schools and volunteers, essentially. Um, all of our great CIAC tournament events and all of our sport committees, who are the, the folks who do the, the bulk of the work in terms of coming up with protocols and those rules, those sport committee meetings that we mentioned, 
Those folks are all volunteers and those folks that help us put on tournament events and all of that good stuff all volunteer their time to help make the CIAC what it is. So we wanted to establish a an entity to help honor all of the commitment and dedication of those good folks. So we have now the CAS CIAC Hall of Honor. The first induction class, hopefully, will be in the fall of 2015, and nominations are now available. You can find the nomination form along with information about who those nominees should be sent to, uh, some basic information on your nominees. So if you know that person who has been quietly uh, and diligently helping out the CIAC or the Connecticut Association of Schools through committee work, through volunteering their time at tournament games, through running uh, scoring at your championships in cross-country, whatever it might be. We really encourage folks to uh, to get in touch uh, with CIACsports.com, look for that nomination form, fill it out, and then submit it. It's got to go through some committees, so you'll find some information on that nomination form about where those go. But really hope folks will take the time to look into that and see what is available in terms of nominations for the Hall of Honor. Really, hopefully, going to make this a very nice event and a really exciting way to honor people who, uh, who quite frankly, make the CIAC exist. It would not uh, exist without the great work of so many folks behind the scenes a lot of times that just uh, that dedicate their time and, and give up their time to help make the organization what it is. So we looking forward to honoring some of those folks with a with a great distinction and uh, and hope to have that great ceremony in the fall of 2015. So those are just a few things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. As always, Tournament Central is a great place to go as you take a look. It's got uh, all of the schedules for the fall championships. And as always, check us out on Twitter at CIAC Sports. That's a great way to keep up to date with what's happening on CIACsports.com and around the state. So that wraps up things you might have missed. We quickly move along now to our guests this week. First up, we always talk to him uh, this time of year. He likes to give us a, a, a sense of what's going on on the soccer fields around the state of Connecticut. Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current. One of our favorite recurring guests for the CIAC cast is Matthew Conyers of the Hartford Current, who covers uh, the boys and girls soccer beats, among many others, for the Current. And we're happy to have him back with us this week. Matt, how are you? Thanks, Joel. Uh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great, and uh, we're a few weeks into the soccer season, and before we started uh, recording, Matt was uh, was mentioning that he's been out at games just about every night uh, during since the season got underway. So we'll we'll start things off with, with sort of a, a straightforward question for you, maybe on the boys' and the girls' side, or um, what team or teams have impressed you the most so far in the early season? I guess a uh, good question, uh, Joel, uh, from the start, and I hope hope I don't sound like I'm going back to the well here, but uh, I think you got to kind of start with Farmington and boys soccer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the team, everybody keeps an eye on every year, and for the last three decades almost, it always has to start with Farmington. But uh, this year in particular, it was interesting uh, because they came back with not as complete a team as maybe they've had in the past, maybe not as dominant as a team on paper as the last two teams. Certainly, when you look at the teams of uh, 2012 and 2013 on paper, they look better than this group, but Farmington hasn't missed a beat. You know, I, I'm not at practices all the time with these teams, and I, I don't see them the way Coach Steve Waters does, but Farmington, out of the gate, 7-0. They don't have maybe a complete, a complete team, but they play good soccer. They prepare, they prepare for every matchup. 
Uh, I got to catch them on Saturday, play Hall, mm-hmm. a big game. Hall's one of these teams that's really improved from last year, a team that has very high expectations for themselves, a team that could, you know, you know, they not just could, they could get to the semi, uh, quarterfinals or semifinals. And Farmington handled the business. They fell behind one thing in the start of the second half, and all of a sudden it was that typical Farmington team. They score on a counter, they score on a really good volley into the net, and then they score on a great sight pace. You know, they take advantage of their opportunities. So that's kind of stood out from that angle. If they keep an eye on Suffield, they're obviously making the move to class double out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of watching what they do. Uh, was able to get a good look at them at the LA team. I thought they played with a very good pace, pace necessary if they go into, uh, when they go into the class double out tournament, they'll have to play at that pace. Um, a team that's kind of surprised me. Um, maybe I wasn't expecting to do quite as well as they've done. I thought they had a good, solid team. Um, is East Hartford. Mm-hmm. You know, the East Hartford's gotten out of the gates really well. Uh, they have a lot of technical players, players that can really play the game well, and if the team comes together, I, I could see them sneaking in and stealing the CCC North. Uh, Weatherfield's still there, but East Hartford's one of these teams that's playing very well to this point. Middletown's been another surprise in boys soccer. And then if you look at the shoreline, the new old line was going to do well. Um, but maybe even a team like Old Saber, who lost 10 starters from last year. They've kind of hung in there. Uh, they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, They're kind of off the radar. Maybe they're not going to win anything this year. But you, you, you kind of like to see a team like that who's got to start again from the beginning, come back, and, and play good soccer to be with. On the girls' side, you know, Joel, and I know I'm, I'm getting long-winded here. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, the thing I, uh, the thing that stands out to me, and I'm still amazed by, um, not the fact that South Windsor won last week with Glastonbury, but the fact that Glastonbury's regular season unbeaten streak was up to seven seasons. That's just remarkable to me. Yeah. Uh, South Windsor finally was able to get over that hump, beat their their rival Glastonbury five uh, four last Tuesday, and that was the first loss for Glastonbury in the regular season, two thousand seven. Um, you almost take for granted what Glastonbury's done on the girls' side. Yeah, um, they they haven't won quite as many titles as you would expect as a team that's had that kind of streak. But it's just remarkable to have that type of longevity with a program. Uh, Joe Joe Finicaro has done such an excellent job. Uh, and I know there's the, the the comments people will make. Well, he always is a player, but he's done such a great job of making that team ready and, and being prepared to play in the regular season every year. Uh, it's just a very impressive mark, and I, I know it came to an end um, last week. And South Windsor is a m- better team. Maybe they, they're playing more aggressive than they've played in the past, and they're expecting to do great things. But uh, that 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 game really stands out for me on the girls' side. And I think the funny thing about it is I think Glastonbury is as good as they've been the last couple of years. Uh, I think I actually think they're better than they were last year. Um, they have a couple of midfielders, midfield studs. That have only gotten better, um, you know. The Maddie Gray, who's headed to New Hampshire next year, uh, I think she's only improved, and uh, she'll be a force at the end of the year. And I think, you know, they got to be seen as the favorite with St. Joe's to, to play for the Class Double L final. They're just so deep, Glastonbury. Uh, and on the other, on the other hand, uh, another team that's kind of stood out on the girls' side, other than South Windsor, when you look at things, is probably. Um, a team like, you know, Suffield, who's, who, again, I hate to keep going back to the well, but you sure. have to look at Suffield because they have younger players, mm-hmm. and they've kind of taken over that mantle. They haven't played great yet, but they've 
They haven't had too many road bumps, and they had a 0-0 score against Ellington. But they were creating chances in that game, and they were in it. So you look at a team like that who's, who's lost a lot and how they return, see if the younger people can step up, and they have. Uh, and then finally one last team in girls' soccer, who I think is was good last year, but really going to be doing great things this year, is Simsbury. Simsbury always has athletic players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have probably the best athlete in this area when you're talking about overall athletes. Meg Drigley, great soccer player, great hockey player, uh, probably the best hockey player in this area. Uh, for girls hockey and a uh, great, great track athlete, but Simsbury still athletic, but they have more. They're playing a better brand of soccer than they've kind of played the last couple of years, and they could win CCC West. It's not over yet. West, West Catholic still hasn't been a game with them, uh, but Simsbury is a team that took a major step up from last year and have high expectations, and they've been impressive uh, to start the first month of the season. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of intriguing uh, intriguing squads to watch, and that, as you mentioned, that uh, the streak that Glastonbury had been on was just a, a remarkable one, which uh, which uh, sort of answered one question that I was going to ask, but I wanted to go in a little different direction. You know, we're talking about um, you know the teams that have most impressed you, and uh, and hopefully we we had a few soccer converts this summer with the the popularity of the the World Cup going on in Brazil. So I wanted to ask you from a, a little different perspective, just in terms of pure entertainment value. So if there were, you know, teams, uh, you know, fans that, that became fans of soccer this summer and are just want to, you know, sort of go out and see the most entertaining soccer uh, that they you think you, they could find in, uh, in Connecticut, obviously, again, maybe not necessarily the best teams, although maybe there is some overlap, and I would imagine there is, but just from pure entertainment value, where would you, uh, where would you advise new soccer fans in the state of Connecticut to, uh, to go to get that entertainment at the high school level? Good question. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of teams that uh, are trying to incorporate new styles. You see a lot of teams trying to use the defensive backs. You, you, you mentioned the World Cup, so, and a lot of teams, it, you talk to coaches, and one of the things they all want to do is now, they saw what Fabian Johnson was able to do, and DeAndre Yellen, those guys, so your defensive backs that are very athletic, mm-hmm. able to make the move up. So a lot of teams are trying to incorporate defensive backs, get more athletic guys, get guys that can make that run up. Uh, and really incorporate themselves in the offense. Uh, there's a lot of teams that aren't playing direct soccer. That's the great thing about the game today. Uh, you see so many different styles of play. You see the good brands of soccer. These kids are watching EPL on Saturday and Sunday morning. So they're encouraged not to play the same bang and chase that maybe wasn't was the case so many years uh, in Connecticut. Right. You know, you look at right now a team like Norwalk had a really great team a couple of years ago. Uh, they could be one of the better teams this year, so you got to keep an eye on them. Uh, Staples, always a team uh, that's going to bring in players. I know maybe it's not the same level uh, and same, the same amount as they did in years past, and you know, and the players are still good. Maybe it's not the same top level player, but they're always in these interesting games. If you look at their schedule this year, uh, they've played some wild ones already um, in this area, the neck of you know my neck of the woods up in Hartford. Um, you look at the team, you know, I mentioned Hall earlier. Hall's playing a very attractive brand of soccer. They, they were able to string the ball together pretty well, uh, as right. every team needs worries about and is concerned about. Just got to work on that finishing uh, against Farmington. They weren't able to get that, that second goal, kind of put them over the hump. Uh, so that, that's something you look at, but they definitely played the game the right way. I thought, I think one team that's kind of been exciting this year to me 
uh, and I caught them in the early part of the season. Haven't mm-hmm. been able to catch them yet uh, at, at, since the season began. It, it, Lewis Mills. Uh, now they're exciting for a multitude of reasons. They're not playing direct soccer. They're trying to, to, to stretch the field, make it wide, which is nice to watch. Um, they, they've got a couple new players back. They got one notably from the academy that came back to play uh, high school soccer this season. So that's good to see if you're a fan of the game, seeing yep. some of these academy players come back. And they're a new team, too, uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, when you talk about all the, the Farmingtons, the Glastonbury's, the Weathersfields, the Suffields, uh, Lewis Mills is not always a team that gets up there. And uh, they're, they're playing kind of off the radar a little. Uh, they're playing in a division... Uh, conference that doesn't always get a lot of credit in the Berkshire uh, because of the strength of schedule. And, uh, you know, they, they're coming back from the storyline, which uh, us writers always like to look at. Absolutely. Uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, they, they, had, they had the heartbreak of last year, the end of the year, is, the postseason is one of the better teams in the tournament. Uh, they were the overall three-seed Class M. They got upset pretty early by Ellington, uh, a game they thought they should have and they still think they should have. And they're back and they're playing motivated. So on top of playing a good brand of soccer, they also, you know, are a new team. is very focused. So that's a team that I've kept an eye on. On the girls' side, you have to start with, you know, again, I, 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 I use the expression going back to the well, but Northwest Catholic, because, you know, Todd Sadler is such a great coach, such a good coach, has the respect of everybody around him, he, and, he, and he knows the game so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never going to put a team out there doesn't try and play the game. And you really do appreciate that. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I went on the record and said I thought he had the best team that we've ever seen in girls' soccer. And I got some grief with it. Sure. This team isn't that team. Uh, they're not to the same level as the Higgins sisters, the Medina twins, uh, or the great player Jessica Fontaine, who's doing a good job at Quinnipiac. But this, this team has players, Manny Baroy, Bailey Julian. Uh, they, they lost two players uh, at the beginning of the season. During the off season, the ACL injuries, and they still come back, and they're still trying to play. Uh, overall, they're not as deep as Simsbury, but they're trying to get it done, which is, is nice to see. Um, again, Glastonbury, a, a team under Finn and Charlie that always plays the game well for yeah. uh, for girls soccer. Uh, you always have to have to give them respect for what they're trying to do. Uh, and then St. Joe's, when you look at Dynamic player St. Joe's uh, had two last year. Grasso and Bike. This year, Bike is is just an unbelievable talent. But you just want to kind of watch them and St. Joe's and see how they do without her. They lost, you know, Grasso obviously, who's a huge part. But they also lost some other players. So you got to keep an eye on that St. Joe's and see if they still play in the, the, the tempo the same way, still pushing the pace they they always do. And in the last double L champions, you got to give them the respect. And, and make sure you're watching to see what they do. Absolutely. Um, so, sort of uh, a lot, the kind of piggybacking that question a little bit. We'll we'll go. I think I normally just ask you, you know, for uh, for players to watch that kind of thing, but we'll we'll phrase it a little differently this year. So, let's say you're you're the coach uh, and uh, of a team, and you have your your pick of every player in Connecticut, and uh, it's a match, and you're down one nil with about you know ten minutes left, and you need a goal. Who are you going to? Who are you uh, Who are you looking to uh, in the state of Connecticut to get you? that goal when you desperately need it uh, to, to tie up a match? Who are those players in the state that uh, are most capable of putting the ball in the net? <laughs> that's, a, 
That's a real tough question, uh, Joel. Uh, you put me on the spot. Uh, well, um, one player that uh, is always going to be able to create activity, uh, and he's on the boys' side, and he comes back. He, he was a he comes back with plenty of accolades, uh, plenty of attention. Uh, there was obviously some dispute last year as uh, where he stood in the the ranks of the top players. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think you got to look at Colton Grove at Suffield. He's he's uh, a guy who doesn't have uh, stature-wise, maybe not as big as some of the other players out there, but he's done so much for his team the last three years, and he's, he's always been a factor for Suffield. Now, granted, uh, I say that he's had uh, three previous years, he's had arguably the best forward in the game, Sean Sullivan, helping him out. Right. Now he's by himself, but he, he does play the game at a very good pace. He's got a lot of moves in his uh, in his uh, holster, I guess you could say, and he, he knows how to take advantages of space. Uh, so I think he can create a shot for himself, which is a very important skill yep. uh, in today's game. And I think also the experience he brings to the game is uh, immeasurable because you know, as a freshman, let's not forget, uh, he went to the class championship as a freshman, won the MVP of that game, came back the next year, made All-State, came back the following year, last year, he made uh, he made uh, All-New England. And so this year, you know, who, who knows what he can do, but yeah. he's handled the pressure of being a good player, come back very strong, and uh, excel. Um and another guy who you know who could always seemingly uh, put the ball in net and, and surprise you is uh, a guy like Evan Hughes. Uh, he has something we call the dipper shot. Uh, I've seen him do it uh, two two times at least off the top of my top of my head. Mm-hmm. Saw him do it against Hall, and then we saw him do it against Avon in the quarterfinals last year. Uh, that's a shot from outside the box, just hits it perfectly, and uh, the goalie has no shot, no no question, no no ability to, to make the save. Uh, so when you talk about dangerous players, he's a guy, if he gets the ball on his feet in a, in a dangerous situation around the air, goal area, he, he could capitalize at any moment. Uh, just spectacular ability to put the ball in that and change uh, the outcome of the game in a mere amount of seconds. And just as we were talking, another guy that I think has that ability to really help his team, maybe off the radar or uh, a little... Uh, with Connor is uh, a guy like Eric Romero. Uh, he, he obviously was not in the spotlight as much last year mm-hmm. with a guy like Matthias Souza, one of the best players of all last season. But Romero has come back this uh, season, uh, looked good for Connor, and uh, is going to play a very important role, has the ability to take on opponents and uh, one-on-one and break the game open a little uh, from that perspective. I know I'm missing a bunch of people. Well, that's uh, all right. Well, I, I put you on the spot to, uh, you know, to, to just see who first came to mind. So that's, uh, that's okay. Hey, and you know who's another guy to mention? You know, old line, uh, Rowan Hallahan, uh, just uh, maybe not quite the uh, pure, well, he's a great goal scorer, but maybe not the, the very definition of a striker. Rowan has the ability to make a pass that's going to lead a goal, lead to goal. So a little bit of a different angle on the question he asked, but I saw him... Uh, play Morgan a couple weeks ago, and he just put these two beautiful balls into the box, just like uh, like, th- like he was throwing darts almost, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very impressive. So he's a guy who, if he gets the ball in that, 
you know, 40, 45-yard range, he can put something over the top, a diagonal pass into the box. It's going to make it uh, the goal on the next touch. He's a guy who grabs it for real. He's like one of these players that is always one or two passes away from breaking the game open. Um, so that's Rowan Hallahan at uh, at all. I'm very impressive player. Excellent. Well, uh, okay. So now uh, we we gave the offense. Now, how about here's the the flip side of that question. You've got that one goal lead. Who are some of the uh, the defenders, or maybe one or two defenders or goalkeepers that you want on your team to help preserve that lead? Again, uh, goal 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 is you got to go uh, right off the bat. I, I jump to two people. Uh, if I if I get goalies situation where I need a big save, I'm looking at Jimmy Slayton at Weathersfield, who I think is, is one of the most technically sound goalies in the game right now. And then I'm looking at a guy uh, at Ellington, who I still think has a lot, a little bit more development to come, but he's a really big guy in net that has really stepped up for his team and helped them out is Bailey Bass. Those two are the guys that have really kind of stood out to me so far to start this year. And they're different players in the sense that Bailey is maybe not the definition of a soccer goalie, but he's made the most of his opportunity. He was huge last year for Ellington in the state tournament. Really helped get them as a surprise team through to the next uh, couple rounds and mm-hmm. helped get them to the, the class M championship against the field. And then Slayton, uh, where the field didn't obviously go that far in the class L tournament, they have expectations of going a lot farther this year. But he's a guy who's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to let you down. He, he commands the net. He has a lot of respect from opponents. Uh, you have to really deep him when you go on. And he's a guy that has the ability to make that one or two saves that you don't always make and that can surprise you and keep you in the game. Uh, he's just a, a, and he's a younger guy. Uh, he, he's very mature for his age in the sense of how does he command the net, how does he work in between the frame. And uh, he gives Weatherfield an option in there that maybe a lot of these other teams don't see. Yeah. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, unfortunately, uh, we've lost two guys that were really great defensive players not to injuries to start the year. Um, a guy like uh, Jeff, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Zach Wright uh, from Hale Ray, uh, just a very special player, good kid. Uh, he was going to actually move up, I think, in the, into the midfield a little this year. But he went down fairly early with a season-ending injury. And, and one of the players I thought was one of the best players in the state, uh, Tyler Peterson, he actually got hurt in a scrimmage against Norwalk uh, a week before the season started, a couple actually, a couple days before the season started. Uh, they thought they might get him back. They weren't sure. They found out last year, last week, he's not coming back. And, and your your heart kind of breaks for a kid like yeah. that. And, and and Zach, because uh, they're such good kids, and they play the game the right way, they have the right attitude, they have the respect of their opponents. A lot of um, people have told me that these kids are very well-respected. It's not just I'm going off of, uh, you know, stats or anything like that. They're, they're very well-respected in the game. They play it the right way, and to, to lose them kind of stinks. So that those guys have kind of, would have been the guys you, you talk about at the start of the year, but now uh, the other three in that equation was Stephen Dorney, He's still playing for Avon. He's had some big games so far. The game that stands out is the game. Their rare out-of-conference game against uh, Barlow. Mm-hmm. played very well in that game. Dorney's a big defender, very hard to move around. Probably one of the best one-on-one guys you'll find uh, in this area. Just 
man has a very good reach, very good soccer instinct, and he's going to help her pull. You, you know, you asked me before, who's going to help you score goals? Uh, and, and I could have mentioned, you know, you have guys like R.J. Place and Northwest Catholic who are going to help you score goals, and uh, a talented striker uh, like Zach Parasino or, or Hall's Jack Moniz. Uh, Moniz, I might have said that name wrong. But uh, from a defensive stand- standpoint, Dorney's that guy is going to help Avon win games from the right. other side of the ball sure. uh, when the other team's attacking. Uh, uh, for the girls' side, uh, you mentioned Maddie Gray. She's a player that stands out. You got Maggie Grigley from Simsbury. Uh, Avon, you got Hannah Davey, uh, a very good player. Uh, those are all strong uh, offensive players. But you got a player like Emily Costanza, where Ellington, who has the ability to play anywhere in the field, and she's a player that can step back and is very hard to beat one on one in those particular instances uh, for Ellington from the girls' side. Uh, that would be Emily Costanza. Yeah. Outstanding! Just so many good players and uh, an excitement for uh, for soccer fans in the state. Really, and, I, uh, and I, I feel bad because you know you can only mention so many. Sure. And I feel like sometimes you mention the you know the same teams, and, and there's a lot of great players out there from the girls' side. Of the, you know, I, I just keep thinking of them. Uh, Kayla Lozada from Newington, another dynamic forward that we didn't even mention. Uh, Chantel Swaby. Uh, you don't know exactly where you can use her on the field, but she's a, a very very strong presence that's going to help you no matter what you do. And uh, um, from Glastonbury, another player you have to mention when you talk about great uh, players that have the ability to take games over, uh, and, but is Mara Constantino. She's just a very strong player. And, and Maddie Gray might be the, the focal point of that team this year, but if you don't guard Mara, you're in trouble. Absolutely. So we look forward to uh, to covering all of these folks and, and seeing them out there this uh, this fall, and we know you will be doing a, a great job doing that. So Matthew Conyers, as always, we uh, appreciate your insight. You can check Matt's uh, workout on the uh, recently redesigned Hartford Current uh, website and, of course, in the print edition of The Current as well. So hope you uh, everyone will check that out. And uh, Matt, as always, we thanks very, thank you very much for the, uh, the knowledge, and we'll check in with you again soon. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. Always enjoy talking with you. Uh, As always, thanks to Matt Conyers for getting in touch with us and offering his uh, perspective. Obviously very passionate about soccer and keeping tabs on all of the great athletes and teams in the state of Connecticut. Lots of good information there and really looking forward to an excellent fall of soccer competition. Another frequent guest for us on the CIAC cast coming up now, we've got Dan Nowak of the New Haven Register. He is on top of what's going on on the field hockey fields around the state of Connecticut. On the phone now with Dan Nowak of the New Haven Register, who covers a variety of high school sports for the Register, and uh, we're going to talk with him today about a little field hockey and a little girls swimming. So, Dan, thanks as always for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Certainly. He's been a, a busy man with uh, covering all of these fall sports as well as some office uh, office moves at the moment, but he uh, <laughs> carved out a few minutes to talk to us. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive right in here, uh, no pun intended, uh, before the swimming, but we'll start with some field hockey uh, at first. And so we're a couple weeks into the season, so just kind of starting things off, what are some of the most impressive teams that you've uh, you've seen thus far in the uh, the season with just a few weeks uh, into things here? Well, actually, I got to see uh, two uh, two of the teams I really wanted to uh, see early on play together. That was uh, Cheshire Hand mm-hmm. uh, on September 16th, and that was a wild one uh, in Madison, uh, as expected. Uh, Hand is loaded on both sides of the field. 
very strong offense, very strong defense uh, with their goalie, uh, Mel Rennie. Uh, Cheshire uh, lost uh, quite a few players uh, from last year, including Michelle Federico, uh, who's now at Quinnipiac. And uh, Cheshire held their own, and the key with Cheshire was their defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, the very impressive thing to come out of that was their new goalie, uh, sophomore Alyssa Stevens, making 25 saves to wow. keep Cheshire in the game. Uh, and uh, they won it 3-2, uh, to two, uh, which was uh, you know, unbelievable. A uh, couple other teams uh, that I, I haven't seen play, but I, I've been to their practices, and they, and they seem to be both on a mission this year, and that's Laurelton Hall, who I'm sure you know moved from the Southwest Conference to the Southern Connecticut Conference this year, yep. and uh, Westbrook in uh, the Shoreline, who has uh, who uh, has one of their top players, Lily Dickey, uh, uh, playing this, her last season this year as a senior. She's the daughter of the coach, uh, Janet Dickey, and that, that team is, is really focused on uh, sending her off on a high note this year, too. So uh, I think that's, uh, you know, kind of like the storyline this year uh, as far as, you know, those two teams go. I mean, uh, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how they, how they play uh, going, moving forward. Yeah, as you said, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things going on uh, thus far. Who uh, you know talked about a couple teams, and, and you mentioned some players in there. But who are some of the players that have really jumped out at you uh, a few weeks into the year? Well, I mean, uh, there's one position that you know kind of uh, uh, gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, and that's the goalie position. Mm-hmm. And there are three goalies out there that are. Uh, that really, I mean, they're I mean they're they're going to lead their teams to some uh, you know to some impressive wins this year. Uh, I already mentioned Mel Rennie from uh, Hand. Uh, she's already got five shutouts this year, okay, uh, which is pretty impressive. And yeah. I mentioned uh, Alyssa Stevens. She's got two uh, shutouts this year, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, Coach Eileen Gallagher at Cheshire just seems to pluck these uh, girls off the street and turns them into these fantastic goalies. <laughs> I don't know how she does it, but uh, uh, she's been really uh, doing well this year. And Carly Femniak uh, from Sheehan, she's got four shutouts this year, and Sheehan's off to one of their uh, you know better starts at three three and two this year, thanks to uh, Carly Femniak. Uh, Cheshire also has a couple other players on offense and uh, at midfield, uh, Erica Stauffer and Sam Como. They were key players during that uh, hand game I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, then you got, uh, you know, Hand uh, has uh, their share of players as well. Hannah Lucky, the coach, uh, coach uh, Sue Lucky's daughter mm-hmm. at uh, midfield, and Aaron Mamley. Uh, they're both uh, you know, two key players uh, that, uh, you know, high-scoring players for them. And then uh, you know other other teams and other players. I mean, Jackie Brewster uh, is a leading uh, defender for Laurelton Hall, and J- uh, Julie Babbitt at uh, HK. You know, Adam Killingworth uh, seems like every other year they're in the state finals uh, right. for Class S. And this year, uh, you know, Julie Babbitt is one of their top stars at midfield and forward. She plays both positions. And Megan Shea at uh, Brantford. Uh, you know, Brantford with uh, Coach Kathy McGurk who's seems to have been there forever <laughs> yes uh, uh you know she always comes up with these uh you know great players every year and megan shea is uh is you know one of their top scorers this year so a lot of great players out there uh you know and not just you know i've, I've been mentioning uh you know scc and uh, shoreline players but uh, i mean you go down south and you know the fcac is loaded with players there are good players up north uh but uh you know, it's going to be a very interesting postseason this year with with so much talent out there. 
Yeah, definitely seems as though uh, we get more and more good teams uh, every year, which is certainly fun to uh, fun to watch. Kind of, you know, obviously, as I said, we're a few weeks into the season now, but uh, kind of if you can rewind your, your, your thoughts a little bit as to maybe what were some of the stories or, or interesting things that you were following before the season started and, and kind of how are those shaking out, uh, you know, with a few weeks uh, in the books already uh, in that 2014 season? Well, one of the things I was curious about was Laurelton Hall moving from the uh, Southwest Conference to Southern Connecticut Conference. And like I said, I've been to their practice, and I was really impressed in how these girls are motivated to really show that they belong in the SEC. Very, very tough league, mm-hmm. uh, right up there with uh, the FCAC uh, uh, when it comes to field hockey. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, Laurelton Hall has been holding their own. They're off to a 4 and 2 start. Uh, uh, they defeated Cheshire two to one in overtime uh, recently. Uh, a, a very big win for them, and uh, they surprised a lot of people. I don't know if you remember last year they they did make it to the Class M final yep. uh, last year, and uh, you know they you know they had the potential to get back there this year. And uh, another story uh, that I've been uh, kind of uh, following is the uh, the the uh, Lily Dickey Janet Dickey story over at Westbrook, which I mentioned earlier too, because. Like I said, uh, seems that team's really motivated to, uh, you know, send uh, Lily Dickey off uh, on a high note this year. But going south to the FCAC, uh, Darianne lost a lot of players to graduation. Now, Coach Momonikas always seems to be able to reload every year down yep. there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they lost, uh, I believe it was like nine, eight or nine starters yep. uh, to graduation uh, this year. And uh, they're, you know, they haven't missed the beat. Uh, they're off to... Uh, a 5-1 start with their only loss to uh, Lakewood Pennis from uh, New York. Uh, so they're actually 5-0 and against Connecticut teams this year. And, uh, you know, like I said, they haven't missed a beat. Uh, their, go- their goalie, Kaylee Morell, uh, uh, has three uh, shutouts this year. And, uh, you know, they're uh, also led on offense by Kyla Johns, uh, uh, who's uh, scored quite a few goals for them this year. And uh, they've actually outscored opponents 22-5 to so far. Mm, so they're in... Uh, you know, you know, if anybody was worried about Darianne, which I'm sure no one was, but uh, <laughs> you know, they're back to where they've always been, uh, dominating and and uh, winning their games. Yeah. Uh, any uh, any teams that are any teams or players or anything uh, that has particularly surprised you in the early season? Yeah, actually, uh, there's one team out there that has been off to a pretty good start. Uh, you know, in, in, in past years, they've had their you know they've had their struggles. Uh, but Hamden has emerged as a actual uh, another player in, in the SEC this year. Hmm. Uh, they're off to a five-two-one and one start, and they had a huge three-two win over Brantford. And I think it's the first you know time they've beaten Brantford in a long time. Uh, they're lo- they're you know they have a lot of depth this year. They're led by goalie uh, Brianna Kraft, uh, and uh, they also have some top scorers uh, Casey. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Cassie uh, Hansen and uh, Kim Mozak. And uh, the field general at midfield is Caroline Kennedy. And, uh, you know, if you have depth uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a, a good goalie, I mean, uh, anything can happen. And uh, Hamden's been uh, been off to a pretty good start. The other thing uh, that's been a surprise this year is Guilford and how they've struggled this year. They mm-hmm. lost a lot of players to uh, graduation. And, I think uh, Kitty Palmer at some point will have them back on track, but they've been they've been struggling. So those are two pretty much surprises for me. 
All right. It's definitely uh, nice to or interesting to see how, uh, you know, those things that uh, we're not quite counting on as we, as we go into the year. Um, right. Sort of uh, looking ahead a little bit. Obviously, we've got a long, uh, long regular season still to go. But uh, for the field hockey fans out there, any games on that calendar that you've uh, you've particularly circled and uh, are going to make sure that you're in attendance for that fans are going to want to check out in the coming weeks as we head uh, into the meat of the, uh, the regular season? Yeah, big game this week. Uh, I'm going to try and get there. I'm not sure if I can, but uh, the the game I'm I'm waiting to see uh, how it turns out is Darianne at Wilton uh, this Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the coaches' poll this year, they're both uh, uh, one and two. Wilton is number one, and Darian is number two in that coaches' poll. Uh, they play on Friday, and uh, Wilton is eight and one, and uh, Darianne is five and one. Uh, Wilton has six shutouts, uh, and I mentioned earlier that Darianne and uh, their goalie has three shutouts this year. So it's going to be a big game down there, and uh, that could be, uh, you know, we, we might really see how, you know, Darianne really is this year after losing all those players. Uh, this is probably going to be their, their biggest test uh, at this point uh, as far as the early part of the season goes. So that should, you know, that should be a big game uh, uh, this season. And I'm also looking at a couple uh, FCC rematches. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Cheshire beat Hand on September 16th. They actually meet again October 7th at Cheshire. So I know Hand's going to be uh, pretty pumped up for that one. Uh, that should be uh, uh, really, you know, a game with a lot of fireworks in it. And uh, Hand defeated Laurelton Hall 5-2 in the season opening game for both teams this year. And Hand travels to Laurelton Hall on October 22nd. And, uh, you know, I think that one's going to be uh, an interesting game, too. As strong and as dominant as Hand is this year, I think Laurelton Hall has, uh, you know, has uh, something to prove. Like I said, they want, they want to show everybody they belong in the SEC, and I think that's going to be a good game as well. Yeah, lots of uh, really good stuff. As you mentioned, that uh, that Wilton-Darianne uh, contest it seems like every year it turns out to be a big game in the FCAC, so that'll be a, yeah. a, a good one to get us started here. We we, we spoke at a, uh, a timely uh, point in the year to make sure folks check that one out, that, uh, right. and then those SEC right. games as well will be a lot of fun to... Uh, to track shifting gears here uh when dan is not out at the uh the field hockey field during the fall season he's off in uh in a hot pool somewhere uh checking out the <laughs> uh the girls swimming action uh in the area so wanted to briefly uh hit on some of the the things that are going on in girls swimming and maybe we'll get into uh some some greater detail on a later podcast but wanted to uh to check in on that a little bit. So just, uh, you know, briefly, what are some of the biggest stories or maybe some noteworthy, uh, noteworthy, that's the word we're trying for, noteworthy swimmers to keep an eye on in uh, in girls' swimming competition this fall as fans take a look in uh, that sport? Well, one thing, uh, you know, I've been curious about this year is uh, how Cheshire's going to be doing this year. Um, uh as usual, you know, like like all all teams, they they graduated some some key swimmers from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the thing with Cheshire, there are actually uh, two things uh, that I'm kind of uh, you know curious as far as they're concerned. As you as you know, their home pool isn't uh, usable uh, this year because of the bubble that collapsed, uh, uh, you know, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, uh, permanent uh, structure is still. Uh, being planned, uh, so now they've got to go to different pools, uh, you know, Cheshire Academy or Hamden Hall to practice. Uh, you know, all their uh, meets are away, so uh, you know how how that is going to uh, affect them and uh, their training is uh, 
going to be important. Uh, they've been doing pretty well, and one of the reasons is uh, the uh, Register All-Area MVP from last year, Lindsay Smolik, is back. Uh, she's a senior this year, and, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's the type of versatile swimmer that can swim in any event right. uh, uh, to help Cheshire, uh, especially during the dual meet season. Uh, but, uh, you know, her uh, her... Uh, major events are the 200 uh, individual medley and uh, the 100 butterfly. As a matter of fact, uh, she won the butterfly in the Class L last year, and uh, you know she's going to be uh, you know a key swimmer for them. And you know they do have you know the usual depth at Cheshire, but the thing is Cheshire hasn't won a Class Double L title since 2009, or a State Open title since 2004. And I know they're hungry to get to get back there and. and uh, give it a shot, and I think they have the numbers this year to possibly uh, get that done, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they finish up. Now, as far as uh, other swimmers, uh, there's an interesting swimmer out there, a team of one. You don't really uh, hear much about team of ones mm-hmm. uh, at schools uh, uh, with all the you know the Amities and the Branfords and the Cheshires and the Greenwiches uh, out there uh, with, with their, you know, you know, depth their their team depth but sure. uh caitlin uh, mcnary is a sophomore at westbrook and uh she's a team of one and uh you know she uh she had a pretty good class s meet last year uh she won 100 freestyle and 200 freestyle uh in class s last year which uh for a team of one uh when you pre- you know she has attached herself to the hand swim team and she practices with them uh and competes and meets with them, but uh, you know she's someone to to watch in, in the class S because I know I've talked to her uh, several times and uh, she is uh, very uh, uh, pumped up to get back there. And her goal this year is to actually you know win those events in the state open uh, this year, and uh, that's going to be an interesting story to to, to follow. Also, Amity's uh, Dana Chung, who seems to have been there forever <laughs> at Amity, uh, you know she. Uh, She's, uh, you know, she excels in the 50 free and 100 free. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how she finishes up her season. She should be be very strong, uh, you know, in uh, Class L and uh, the State Open as well this year. So, you know, from from a swimming standpoint, uh, you know, those are pretty much the stories I'm kind of uh, following right now. Great, lots of good stuff, and uh, as you said, those uh, we read the the story about the Westbrook team of one swimmer, and it's a it's an interesting situation that maybe fans uh, don't always understand the sort of uh, lengths that some of these athletes go to to be able to compete. Uh, you know, for a team obviously that uh, wasn't sponsored at her school, so it's a, a nice story to right. see that she's uh, right. she's and found it's not a way every to compete. Day that a team of one two excels, uh, uh, you know, the, the way she did last year. I mean, she was a freshman last year. And, uh, you know, she, uh, she, like I said, did pretty well as a freshman. So, I mean, her future is looking uh, pretty interesting here. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. So, Dan yeah. Nowak, we, uh, as always, appreciate the, uh, the knowledge that you were able to provide. And you're a, a busy man keeping tabs on all of these things. And we appreciate you taking a few moments to, uh, to chat with us and get us up to date on what's going on in field hockey and girls swimming. So you can check out Dan's work for the New Haven Register uh, or the, uh, the Game Time CT website. Lots of good stuff there. And uh, I'm sure we'll check in with you again. Thanks very much for being with us. Appreciate it, and uh, you know everyone out there. You can follow me on Twitter too at uh, nhr dan nowak. That's nhr dan nowak on Twitter. And uh, Joel, thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Dan. 
Thanks very much to Dan, and he mentioned the best way to uh, keep track of his work, his Twitter account, as well as the New Haven Register online and Game Time CT. So thank you to him for his insight on field hockey. And that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the CIAC cast. Just two guests this week, but uh, knew they'd be slightly longer conversations. So wanted to give the, both those folks plenty of time to offer all of their great thoughts on their respective sports. So that's going to wrap things up for this edition of the CIAC cast. We're very happy to have you along with us. Remember to follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC. You can also, of course, check us out at online at CIACsports.com or send us an email to CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. Those are lots of good ways to get in touch with us, keep up to date all of the happenings around the world of Connecticut high school sports. We'll be back again in two weeks with another edition. As always, thanks very much for being with us. We'll find you again next time here on the CIACcast. <laughs>